0: Welcome to Sunday School, a conversation on pleasure, intimacy, connection, and the messiest yes. (laughs) Welcome to Sunday School, a
1: conversation on (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) We're doing we're doing great. Strong start, everybody. Strong start. (laughs) Welcome
0: to Sunday School, a conversation on pleasure, intimacy, connection, and the messiest yet most beautiful parts of life. From two friends who grew up in a conservative culture like Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm Britt Pham, my pronouns are she, they, and I'm one of your co-hosts.
1: And I'm Mac Harvey, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm your other co-host. And we started this conversation together and with you because we found that healing happens when you process in community. So by sharing our stories and journeys, we hope that it will create some space for you and your expansion into the magical, full human that you are and are becoming.
0: And before we get into it, let's take a moment to ground together. Mac and I have been loving using affirmations lately. So we're gonna invite you to create your own affirmation right here, right now, with us. Go ahead and take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. What affirmation do you need today? I am fill-in-the-blank. Say it to yourself three times, either in your head or out loud. Another deep breath to seal it up. let's get into it. All right. Let's get into some weekly updates. I can go
1: first. Oh, please do. Wow. (laughs) Pressure's on.
0: I've lived several lifetimes since the last time we've recorded, but when does it not feel that way these days, honestly? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. This week, I... Launched a consulting studio. So, quick context um, outside of Sunday school and talking about my sex life in public, I am also a consultant, a facilitator, a coach, um, a lot of different titles. And currently, the thing that I'm focusing my energy on is co founding a consulting and design studio called One of Many which focuses on working with cultural leaders and organizations in building stronger communities around accountability and really getting present to our global interconnectedness meaning the way that our decisions now affect people across the world and affect generations into the future and affect land and how all of the above affect us um it's really fun work it's really deep and meaningful work that I love and uh I'm really stoked to like put it out into the world and also I've worked for myself my entire career and, um, have always been a quote unquote creative, but I'm really starting to realize now how much fucking energy it takes to like (laughs) something from your mind and bring it to
1: life. Like I'm fucking exhausted. Like I've never been more alive, but I'm so tired. (laughs) Dude, I don't know how you do it. Like even, (laughs) even doing this podcast is like, that's it for me. Like I can't, this is a lot. So I I have so much respect for what you and uh, your partner Nora are doing. Like Thank I think you. it's just so special and so unique and amazing. I can't wait to see where it goes.
0: Thank you. I'm I'm stoked too. So yeah, that's the big update for me. And I've just been really deep in like founder launch mode right now. Um, every day is an adventure and what else have I been doing? I mean, I'm still in a relationship. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Mm.
1: Good on you. It's got to work for somebody. (laughs) (laughs) You're giving me hope currently.
0: Yes. Forerunner and I are still going strong. We had a cute date night last week where we built a fort in his living room and cooked lasagna and watched a scary movie. (laughs)
1: Freaking adorable. (laughs) God damn it. And
0: we had this conversation that I've been thinking about a lot recently and was actually a big inspo for this episode. Where, oh my God, it's like such a small thing. But basically we were like taking a walk on the beach after work one day and he let go. I was holding his hand and he let go of my hand and put his arm around me. And he was like, hey, by the way, I just want to let you know that uh, I'm much more of an arm around the shoulder kind of person. And I noticed that you like to hold hands. So I just don't want you to take it personally if I like let go of your hand because I'd just much rather put my arm around your shoulder. And he mm. said it like so seriously that when he started saying it, I was like, is this
1: going to be a talk? Like what's going on? <laughs> Are you breaking up with me?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: I was like, oh my God, if I can get a dummy right now on the speech.
0: <laughs>
1: While his arms around you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
0: I just, oh. yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, no, no worries. Like I'm much more of a hand holder, honestly, but I don't mind if your arms are around my shoulder. Like thank you for naming that. Like thanks for being proactive yeah. and bringing it up because it might have been something that was uncomfortable. And I was reflecting on it and I was like, it's just so nice to be in a partnership where conversations as little as that are not made a big deal but they're also done with intention and thoughtfulness. I think maybe back in the day when I was not so great at communicating about other things, like stress might've built up for me and then maybe I would have taken it more personally if someone kept letting go of my hand. But now where I'm at with the work I've done with myself and with the work that Forerunner and I have put into our relationship, it's just really cool to like be able to bring things up in the moment. And um and also, I'm really proud of myself for saying, you know, I'm actually more of a hand holder, but no problem, like, putting your arm around me either. Like, yeah. maybe I wouldn't have even said that. It's such a small thing, but I maybe I wouldn't have even said that back in the day because I wanted to be cool, and I might have just been like, oh, yeah, no problem. Like, whatever you yeah. want to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that kicked us off into this this the topic of the week, which is – being a cool girl, which we'll get into more later, um, yes. but yeah, just like little things, I'm just finding joy and like such little moments with with our relationship, and I'm really happy. Yeah. And-
1: wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think it's so cool that he was willing to open up that conversation, and it, it, it's. It's a small way of communicating like your guys' different love languages. And it's so important to communicate even those little tiny minute things early on in a relationship yeah. because they do have the – even those little things do have the potential to turn into resentment or just like confusion. Yeah. I think it's it's a little thing, but it's a big thing. Yeah. Well, now that we're talking about it a little bit more, I'm
0: realizing that I did notice – and I said this to him too. I was like, I, I was like – oh, I did notice that you tend to not want to hold my hand for too long, but I wasn't making too big of a deal of it in my head because I just figured you were much of a hand holder and, like, you touched me in other ways, so, like, no big deal. But maybe down the line it would have become a whole thing, right? And I yeah. was thinking to myself before he brought up this conversation, like – oh, does he not like holding my hand? Should I not reach out to hold his hand anymore? Like, you know, questioning it. And that yeah. would have maybe built up as well. And so him communicating and naming it really led the way for me to just understand like, no, it's okay. I can still hold his hand. He doesn't mind. It's just he, he might let go and put his arm around me instead. And so yeah. the point is that communication, even <laughs> about the little things,
1: is so important. <laughs> Communicate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I love that. I love hearing those little relationship victories that you guys are having. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you have any other weekly updates?
1: Um, I think I mentioned uh last episode or something that I had broken up with my therapist and I was g- exploring a new therapist. Well, I've had a couple sessions with her now and. She is just like so engaging and asks these amazing questions. Uh, And this last session that we had, we talked a lot about like my anxieties with money and my finances and stability in my life. And so we talked a lot about where that's coming from, like my upbringing with my parents. And I think a lot of that, their mindset around money has transferred to me. Because that's what I grew up with. You know, that's the mindset that I grew up around when it came to finances and like how you got to save and you got to work, 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 work until you're 60. And then you retire and you can do all the things in the world you want to do. Mm. And I don't want to live that way. I've known for a long time that that's not what I want to do. But actually, taking steps to reframe your mindset around it is really hard. So, my therapist gave me some homework this week, um, which was to. Come up with a mantra or a a phrase, an affirmation to say to myself every day to start to reframe how I think about money. And the phrase that I came up with is um, I'm letting go of what I want it to be and I'm letting it be what it is. I love that phrase because it applies to every aspect of my life. And it's been so, so cool to just have that in the back of my mind all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes affirmation work can feel kind of cheesy. Totally. And like, I definitely used to be, and still in some ways I'm that kind of person that I'm like, fucking affirmations. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's so weird. Nerd alert. <laughs> Nerd. But it really improves
1: mindset and mood. Um well, yeah, I think this all goes to say that affirmations are cool. If that works for you, if that's something that vibes with you, I totally recommend it. Also, therapy is great. <laughs> we were big proponents of that. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's my big weekly update I think is uh that therapy's been going well and I'm I love it. <laughs> Yay! Yay!
0: Should we just like fucking get get into it?
1: Yeah, let's go to church. Being the cool girl means I am a hot, brilliant, funny woman who adores football, poker, dirty jokes and burping. Who plays video games, drinks cheap beer, loves threesomes and anal sex. Cool girl is hot and understanding. Cool girls never get angry. They only smile in a chagrined, loving manner and let their man do whatever they want. Go ahead, shit on me. I don't mind. I'm the cool girl. They're not even pretending to be the woman they want to be. They're pretending to be the woman a man wants them to be. So that was a little excerpt from the book Gone Girl written by Jillian Flynn. We thought this would be a fun way to start out our going to church section because we are going to church on being the cool girl and what that means. (laughs) And and all of the (laughs) fucking layers to that. Yes. Um, It's a little fucked up, so let's talk about it. Yeah. I think also
0: we use the term cool girl, but I think that the complex and the concept can be applied to any experience regardless of your gender Mm -hmm. where you feel the need to be chill and like laid back and okay with everything and go with the flow. And there's so many different flavors of it. So we're going to try not to go off too off the rails <laughs> with because I had a lot of fun doing research and like going back mm-hmm. in history and like seeing where this maybe came from or like when the first time someone said, I'm not like other girls was. I um, roll. <laughs> so we'll, let, maybe let's start with like our personal experiences mm. being quote unquote cool girls and being chill and then go from there. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So – My relationships prior to my most recent one were all sort of unintentional, very go with the flow. Oh, if they don't want to date, then that's cool. But if they do want to be in a relationship, that's also cool. Sidebar, I did want to be in a relationship. I just (laughs) didn't know how to express what I wanted. And so for me, I think being a cool girl really showed up as me being like, Oh whatever you want in terms of relationship status. I'm chill with. Like oh you just want yeah. sex and like dates and essentially a relationship but you don't want the label. That's chill.
1: I'm I good with that. Over. I can date
0: I can date multiple people at the same time. Sidebar, I never did. <laughs> <laughs> and that really came from a place of me just like wanting to be wanted above everything else. And mm. as I started dating again last year, I found that compulsion coming up still, I think like probably the strongest moment, the cool girl thing came up for me again recently was on my date with Hippie Bay who I've talked about on this pod before. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to all our episodes. I'm not going to tell you which one it's in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know, when in that situation, I definitely think I showed up trying to be like chill and cool and not just like, laid back but also cool as in a cool kid like oh yeah i'm confident and i know what i'm talking about and i'm down to go home with you on the first date and i'm down for this hookup even though i'm really uncomfortable like (laughs) you know just yeah i I think for me cool girl means not being in alignment with what i actually want and not Mm. expressing that in favor of pleasing other people and hopefully getting their love and respect and
1: attention. Yeah, uh, I I feel really aligned with you. I've had very similar, I've had a similar life experience in you know my past dating life of being such a people pleaser, and I often call myself like I used to be a total doormat because I just. Was fine with whatever everybody else wanted to do in all my relationships with, uh, you know, romantic ones, with boyfriends, as well as with, like, friends. Like, I just wanted to be liked and accepted. And that translated to me as, like, be go with the flow. Be chill with everything. And I think, like, especially in some of my past relationships, it, it came up later on as resentment. And I didn't even know how to name that because I was like, I don't even know why I'm pissed at you, but it's because we never do what I want, you know, because I'm just so chill all the time Mm -hmm. and go with the flow. And I used to take a lot of pride in that. And part of me still does because I think like in, in my, at my core, like I am a very easy person and I am go with the flow and I like that about myself, but there's, There needs to be like a ceiling on that, you know? I need to put a cap on it and be like, I am chill with everything, but these are my preferences too.
0: Yeah, there's a difference between being easygoing and being chill for the sake of being chill.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: And I think you're somebody who is naturally very easygoing. Like there are many instances where you genuinely are... Okay with whatever we do. Mm -hmm. And then I make the decision for what we do that day. (laughs) Because I'm not easygoing. (laughs) I have a lot of opinions.
1: That's part of why we work out so well. But I also, you know, in in this past these past couple years, where I have been really growing in my sense of self and what I like, it's been a lot of work to speak up for myself more. And I really have been mindful about making a point to say like no i actually like this or i actually need this and especially when it when you said that we don't want to go off the rails in this conversation i'm trying not to make it like a man-hating conversation (laughs) (laughs) so please listeners don't take it that way this is just my experience it's uh coming up for me that in my last relationship with the handyman i was the cool girl i was gone girl like i i did whatever he wanted and i liked anal sex and i was i was i paid attention to sports ball when he wanted to watch sports ball and i gave a shit about it even though i did not give a shit about it and that relationship was fucking toxic and then when i started standing up for what i wanted he didn't like it Mm. and it. And you did not slit his throat open, to be clear. Handy hand. I did not. Still alive. <laughs> He's still alive. I did not gone girl him <laughs> or frame him for murder. Anyway, he uh, he really didn't like it when I started like being my own person. And mm. and I, I was just fighting because I, I started realizing how unhappy I was. And so I was like, I really need to step into my sense of self. And it was crazy that as soon as I started doing that, It our relationship like fell apart even more than it already was. The bones were so weak because I wasn't ever my own person with him. I was this cool girl who was hot and down to fuck in the bathroom at the bar. And like hot though. (laughs) It is hot. And like I did enjoy it.
0: but... (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes you don't wanna.
1: Sometimes you don't wanna. Exactly. And and I think just the fact that like he would go he'd probably go off and tell his buddies like oh yeah my girlfriend's so hot because she'll fuck me in the bathroom Yeah. like I, that's like his ideal woman whereas like me I'm just like yeah I like that sometimes but not all the time like I don't want to just be that girl who's down to fuck whenever yeah. um that's like it like we said it like in the book it says I was being the woman that he wanted me to be yeah and I think that's like how we showed up in a lot of our relationships
0: It's not surprising that this complex shows up for a lot of people because on our side as people who were socialized as women, we were told through media, through stories that this is the kind of person that's wanted. And- On the other side for people who were socialized as men, they were also told that's the kind of woman you should want. That's your ideal woman. That's the person that people are going to be impressed that you're with. And I was doing some research into like a lot of different flavors of this, but I'll first start with the media side of it. Mm -hmm. And something that came up for me was thinking about characters like Donna in that 70s show.
1: Oh, that's a good example. Like
0: Donna was like the guys. She was cool and she's kind of butch and different from Jackie and like could hang and was chill, you know, and like she was the cool one that like you kind of wanted to be. Whereas <laughs>
1: Jackie was like the high maintenance bitchy one. Right. You know? Like she was
0: unpleasant at times, right? Like yes. how she was written. And yeah. then you have other flavors of this with um how like Tarantino writes women. While Kill Bill w- was maybe not chill, <laughs> she was still that like badass, emotionless, like cool woman. Yeah. And so there are so many different flavors of ways that like women are written in stories and media and it's just shoved down our freaking throats from day one as like that's how you should be or that's what you should want. And Mm. it doesn't give us much room in our relationships to actually communicate about who we actually are. It doesn't give us much room in ourselves to think about who we actually are and what we actually want. Um, And I want to see more stories about like development of self and that journey because
1: it's a motherfucking journey. Totally. You and I are of the generation that we grew up around the – perfect white Disney princess you know of like yeah I ate a poison apple but kiss me to wake me up like (laughs) and I'll marry you on the spot like (laughs) and I feel like that definitely affected like us now in our relationships and our connections because that like Disney princess trope of not really having a personality other than finding my prince charming.
0: Right. That is the other narrative of like your goal in life is to find your prince charming. Yes. And actually that brings up another stereotype that I wanted to talk about, which is Mm. the housewife stereotype. Yes. And I did some more research on the origins of that and like the perfect housewife mom woman Mm. and where that came from. And I actually discovered that the origins of at least the nuclear family and the idea of the perfect housewife who stays home for the husband who goes to work and she cooks and she cleans and there's a warm meal at the end of every day, that was created in America to combat communism. Because in the 50s, after World War II and the rise of Russia and the Cold War and all of that... American propaganda would put out media images and stuff about women in Russia uh, in such oppression and suffering because of communism. And so to combat that, they would show also images and media of the happy American family, the ideal American democracy. Like, look how good you have Mm -hmm. it here in America. So this narrative of this is how a family should be, and more specifically, this is how a woman should be, came from American propaganda to combat communism. We will link a PBS doc in the show notes uh, Mm -hmm. as reference for this information. There's a lot of other really cool resources out there. But when I kind of started digging more into this, I was like, isn't that really fucked up that like the idea that people like the handyman have of what a woman should be and what they want comes from this very young, only 70-year-old idea of what women should be.
1: I really want to link this to um – you know, since we are Sunday school, I'd love to link it back to like the Mormon religion and growing up in this LDS conservative culture where the man was the provider of the house. And as a young, you know, when you're a young Mormon girl growing up in within the church, your goal in life is to be a good housewife and to find your husband and to make lots of babies for him. Wait, is that what they're taught? Like legit? i mean yeah like i literally have had friends tell me stories about how like in you know they have young men's and young women's uh like they get all the they separate the men and the women and they um teach them different skills it's like the boy scouts and the girl scouts you know where the boy scouts and the young men they go out camping and they learn how to build a fire and they learn how to do all this rad shit and (laughs) Then the women sell cookies or they learn how to sew and they learn how to Mm. uh, tie a tie for their man. Mm -hmm. And like this is all real shit. And Mm. speaking as someone who was not raised in the religion, I jumped from relationship to relationship for most of my life because I thought that I didn't have value unless I was with a man. And so subconsciously, I didn't even think I was doing it because of the Mormon religion. I was just like, oh, I need, I need a man to want me. I need yeah. to be in a relationship. I yeah. am single right now. That's not okay. Yeah. It's, it all to do with the patriarchy.
0: <laughs> yeah. what Everything we're talking about, these structures that are created and shoved down our throats from day one, that's created to uphold power. Mm. And hoard power for a very specific group of people, usually yes. white men. Yes. And what you were just sharing also reminded me that the stereotype that we're taught from society, from church, from power, patriarchy, whatever it is you want to call it, mm. feeds into the bedroom, feeds into our sex lives. I Absolutely. remember reading something in my research about how, you know, this idea of the perfect housewife Also meant that the woman was always expected to be available for sex. There was not really a concept of being able to say no to your husband. Like, he goes to work, you stay home, you take care of the kids, cook, clean, etc. He comes home, you feed him, and then you have sex with him. And. Calling back to our birth control episode, actually, the invention of birth control was huge for women at that time as well. Because if you can't say no to your husband for sex, you're fucking having babies all the time. Oh yeah. no! So, birth control was was pretty revolutionary for giving women the option out of that culture of you should always be available for sex, and. Yeah that's still prevalent today for us. Like you you and I have ha- both had experiences where we didn't really feel like we could say no to somebody because what if he gets mad? What if he leaves me?
1: In worse yeah. cases, like what if he just does it anyway? I liked what you said on, um, uh, you know, birth control being so liberating for women because that's another way of how you trap a woman into mm-hmm. being the housewife mm-hmm. against her will almost. I mean, most things in life are usually tied to control and power, but then I don't know, you get a whole, a whole generation of unhappy, unfulfilled women who aren't living their life to their full, you know, meaning and they're like wanting to do the things they want to do. They just become, they just fill the role of housewife and mom. And that being said, there's nothing wrong with wanting that. As your life. Some people, that's their purpose and that's what they want. They want to be a mother and I have complete respect for that. I just want the option. I think everyone deserves the option.
0: That's what pro-choice means, bitch. That's fucking right. I also want to acknowledge that, you know, the history of everything we're talking about and the intersections of religion, race, gender etc are super complicated like do not take our word for gospel pun intended Mm -hmm. um you know do your own research really see what's relevant for your life experience and where you grew up where you currently are and draw your own conclusions and apply it to your life in a way that works for you i will take this back to our personal experiences and my own personal experience now being in a relationship, having the perspective I do now, and still kind of dealing with my tendencies to want to be chill. Mm-hmm. You know, like that hand-holding around the shoulder conversation that I mentioned in our weekly updates was a very, very small, simple way of examining it, but something that has felt more tender and vulnerable is like how – it feeds into the way I engage in the bedroom and, like, asking for what I want there. You know, I've never really had sexual partners where I felt empowered or comfortable asking for what I want or need. And I always think about this person that I hooked up with when I was, like, 20 and he was 34. And the (laughs) sex was so rough. And, like, I thought at the time that – I wanted that because I was kind of just always showed through porn and media like, oh, rough sex. Like not only is that what a lot of people want, like it's cool to want that. You know, that was like the age of 50 shades of gray and all that stuff. And like in some ways, sure, I like getting rough, but like I didn't really know that there's another option. And like when I look back on it now, I'm like that I wasn't cool with that. I wasn't chill with a lot of that, but like Mm -hmm. whatever, I'll just do it because like it's cool to want rough sex, right? Yeah, I'm chill. (laughs) I'm chill. And even in my most recent relationship, we didn't have like rough sex all that much, but like I never really asked for anything. It was just kind of like, oh, this is what sex is. And I was never asked, hey, do you like this? Hey, do you want this? And um, it's just really cool to be in a relationship now where not only is my partner like asking me, but I also am feeling more comfortable in myself and in the relationship to like communicate in the bedroom. And still – Even though it's such an amazing relationship, there are moments where like I want to ask for something and I'm like in my head for at least 10 minutes, like just say it, just say it, just say it, just ask, just ask, just ask, you know? And like to bring it out of my mouth, it's like a momentous task. Like it's Mm. so hard. Physically, it feels hard to say.
1: Yeah. I have told – I have the same thing that you're talking about. Like even if I have felt safe with the person and that I trust them – Uh, it's that in your head you're like just say it just say it just ask for what you want but like (laughs) I haven't like I've hardly ever done that I had a I had a sexual encounter recently where we like had pretty good sex and it was fun and we laughed and like had a good time he came. I didn't come. And when he asked if I did, I said, no, I was close, but it's okay. And like, I genuinely was okay with like not coming. But in this situation, he was like, did you? And I said, oh no, but that's okay. And then he was like, are you sure? And I was like, well, I do have some toys. And he said, he's like, oh, how am I supposed to compete with those? (gasps) And I was like, I didn't say this. What I wanted to say was, it's not a competition. Why don't you just like join forces? (laughs) Yeah, And it didn't didn't happen. And we ended there and that was it. And I look back on that. I'm just like, what if I had just said, I want you to use my vibrator on me until I come. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. But like, what if I had, you know, like what's the worst that could have happened? And like, if, if that person had said like, mm, no, then I probably would have been like, all right, get the fuck out of here.
0: <laughs> Isn't it so interesting too how it's just so automatic when someone's asks if you came to be like, no, but that's okay. But that's okay. Yeah. But that's okay. When it like, sometimes it's not. And sometimes I'm like, no, I want to come.
1: I really want to come. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm still working on it, you know? Absolutely. But to go back to the cool girl complex. Yes. Do you have anything you want to share about how you're sort of unlearning and combating your internal cool girl?
1: Yes. Um, I think I mentioned before, like by default, I am a very go with the flow person and I like that about myself, but I'm also trying not, I'm I'm doing it when it's genuinely what I want to do mm-hmm. instead of doing it to be the person that they want me to be. And so how I'm putting that into practice now, IRL, is by asking for what I want and not settling in my relationships currently. And I know that, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I am not dating at all right now. (laughs) I have no interest in it. And I think a lot of that is because I'm just traumatized and I'm going so far the opposite way of being the chill girl and trying to stand in what I want. And right now what I want is not a man in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be alone. And, um, you know, I, I'm just feeling rooted in sitting in that journey and letting it happen to me. And hopefully by the time I get into a relationship or enter into a partnership with somebody, then I'll get to work on how I show up as myself and standing strong to what I want in that partnership.
0: Yeah. I think too, I want to acknowledge that standing in what you want is first of all a practice and it's a multi-step practice. First, you have to be aware that of the cool girl complex and how it shows up for you. And then you have to be aware of what it is that you actually want. And that's really fucking hard sometimes, you know, like sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I want. I don't, I don't. And then once you do figure it out, then you have to express it.
1: (laughs) That's scary.
0: (laughs) You know, it sucks. Don't like that. (laughs) be patient, be gentle with yourself because uh, we're there with (laughs) you.
1: Yeah, it's okay to ask for what you want, and it's also okay not to know what the fuck you want.
0: (laughs) Anything else on this topic?
1: Not that I can think of. I think we covered it.
0: Should we give out assignments?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Weekly Assignments. I have been working on my rituals and my habits a lot recently, and I'm super proud of myself because for almost three weeks now, I have meditated every morning for just eight minutes. For the past week, I've also journaled and read a little bit. I set a timer. I journal for eight minutes as well, and then I read for eight minutes, and if I read for a little longer just to finish the chapter, that's fine. And it just start, starts my day off like really well. And so my invitation this week is to think of one thing that you've been wanting to add to your daily ritual, whether it's a morning ritual or an evening ritual, or like literally any time of the day, What's just like one thing. And then how can you add that to your day in a way that feels achievable? So it doesn't have to be like, let me read a whole goddamn book in a week. <laughs> just be – Let me set a timer for five minutes and sit in the sun. Or if five minutes feels like too much, do three minutes. The important thing is that it should feel like a baby step that is achievable and that you can commit to for at least seven days. And then see what happens after those seven days. If it sticks and you keep wanting to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it anymore, that's also fine too.
1: Nice. I love that one. Sticking with the theme of affirmations and working things into your routine, uh, my assignment is to come up with a mantra or a quick little saying, even if it's like three words or just something you tell yourself while you look in the mirror every morning. Or when you sit up in bed, just take a deep breath and think this to yourself, but come up with a mantra or a daily affirmation that you can say to yourself that makes you feel good. Make it something that you can emotionally connect with and that you can just say to yourself once a day, twice a day. Mm -hmm. I am statements
0: are really powerful. And also, if you can't think of a word, sometimes I am as a statement is also really powerful
1: yeah i
0: am that i am
1: yeah it doesn't have to be like a whole well thought out eloquently put phrase like sometimes with my phrase of i'm letting go of what i want it to be and letting it be what it is i I've also have a shortened version which is just let it be
0: Mm -hmm. and then you listen to the beatles Beatles.
1: (laughs) yeah and then you just go listen to the song and sing it to yourself for the entire day Damn, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go stretch, everybody. Go sit in the sun and drink some water and know that we love you. Amen. Amen. Sunday
0: School was created by me, Britt Pham,
1: and me, Mac Harvey.
0: Our theme music is composed and created by Caleb Spalding.
1: The music you hear during our grounding breath, are Crystal Singing Bowls, composed and played by Jackie Cantwell. This episode was edited by Danielle Costa. You can find us on Instagram at sunday.school. School is spelled S-X-H-O-O-L. Did you miss anything? No, I don't think so. I feel complete. Me too. I feel complete. What? Yeah, <laughs>